Welcome Cheeky Goddesses. Um, This is our podcast, Cheeky Vibe, Peaceful Life. And my name is Michelle Moss. And today I have a guest host, my friend Kelly Lewis, who is here to sit in for Lauren, who is taking a couple of weeks to just step back and take care of herself. Um, This is our third week of discussing for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And Rochelle, um, our first guest, did a wonderful job sharing prevention and treatment. And then Michelle was on for our last one and she discussed her journey to health. And today we have another good friend of both Kelly and I's and her name is Leanne Len. Hi, Leanne. Hello. Welcome to our show. Thanks, glad to be here. And Kelly, um, give us a little bit of background about how who you are and what you've done in your life in this you know, kind of a little bit of how this is applicable in, in, in my opinion. Well, for me, I, um, I'm a nurse. I'm retired, but I've been a nurse for over 30 years, and um, a good bit of that was an oncology nurse. So I've dealt with women and uh, you know patients that have had gone through breast cancer and the treatments. And I myself had a little bit of a scare when I was 39 on a, um, a breast exam, just a routine breast exam. I found a lump in my right breast and went to the physician and ended up having a um, biopsy done and thankfully it was benign. Right. Which brings me to, I, I discussed this at another another podcast, but I was at Kelly's house for a um, blowout Christmas party last year, which of course this year we won't probably be doing anything yeah. close to that. Um, but I remember there were 50, 60 people, I don't even know, um, but there were a lot of people there. And for some reason, we, we were on the discussion of um, breast cancer. And in that room of people, I think that I knew of probably 10 women that mm-hmm. had either a breast cancer or breast cancer scare or some type of lumpectomy or mastectomy. I mean, it was right. just amazing that in this small group of people, that, that percentage, and it's we, you know, we always chat before we start and, you know, something that we don't always talk about in, you know, regular company, but when you start talking, you realize a lot of people, a lot of women, especially have had this kind of thing happen in their life. And it's just one of those things that we get through and don't always share, but this is the opportunity at at this time to, to share some of these stories and some of these, um, journeys to health so that our listeners can gain some insight and maybe gain some, strength in finding a way to help themselves in this um whether it's prevention or if you're in the early stages or the throes or after after the effects of of treatment you know just kind of where where it can go so leanne i'm so excited to to meet you in this setting this is outside of our normal setting leanne is a friend that we met where did we meet at At orange theory at orange theory we were both um a little bit older than a lot of the girls in our class but we were there (laughs) doing our due diligence which you know we miss that you know um but leanne and i met and leanne had just moved here from minnesota um and with her husband who who works for um um, berry cheese who's locally uh, moved from minnesota to, to you know work diligently at the plant here so um what's your thoughts about living in canton ohio at this point um so far we have really really enjoyed um living here um we have met a handful of wonderful people like you guys like you are my first friends I met so that's like it's awesome to think back of how I met you quickly in that orange theory and all of a sudden next thing you know you invite us over to your house for a 
football game and then the next week we get to go to the Christmas party (laughs) and then we're like what this is so great we have these wonderful people in our life and went out a few times and um, it was just really great and then of course with COVID but um, now I'm glad to be here with you guys again and kind of reconnecting even though I mean through Zooms and texting um, it's been great but we've met some really great neighbors Um, we joined a hiking group with our neighbors and it's just a beautiful place to live, and everybody has been really, really great. So, yeah, we love it here. Well, good. And we're glad you're here. Yes, yeah, it's great. Thanks. Um, so, I wanted to start with um, first of all, how long have you been cancer free? Um, I've been cancer free for five years. Woohoo! Yeah. Thank you. I'm pretty excited. That's yep. great. Yep. All right. So, we're going we're gonna to wind back the clock and start, the, start your journey to health. Okay. So, um, Tell me what was going on in your life and what symptoms, if any, did you have before your diagnosis? How did this kind of unravel for you? Yeah, great. Um, so um, I had been going for my yearly mammograms, I mean, since I've been probably in my mid-30s, and um, just doing the baseline, going in every year, getting it done. Had gone in a couple times to um, check out like the lumpiness, mm-hmm. and so, you know, that scare of waiting in that room right. and and then being with other people and not knowing which one of us is gonna have it, right? That was kind of scary, but um, in that case, I just had lumpy breast tissue and I was sent on my way. And all of my other um, mammograms have always come clear. So um, I did my mammogram in 2014, January, and that was came out clear. I just lived my life, you know, did all the things. For the most part, I have a healthy lifestyle, um, active, Mm-hmm. My weight's good, um, drinking, smoking, don't do any of that, mm-hmm. um, and just living a good, healthy life. And then um, um, end of December, I got a new job, and I wasn't sure when I was going to be able to go and get my mammogram in January because I was trying to keep my vacation time because mm-hmm. I had to take vacation time for work or your personal time to take off, and I was trying to save that for a trip that I was taking with my son to Italy mm-hmm. for the um, choir concert. And so... Um, it was kind of eating at me like I need to do this and I just didn't make the appointment and in the same time my husband's insurance had changed and I didn't call the um, suburban radiology to see if they were still under my insurance so that was happening end of um, December and no pains no nothing going so you on. really didn't have any per- symptoms nothing. per se no you symptoms. just had this thing in your head wow I gotta get this done I gotta I just get got, this done exactly just mm-hmm. have to get done because it's January is the time mm-hmm. I usually do it and somehow that phone rang and it was suburban radiology saying, oh, you've missed your time for your appointment. We need to schedule that. I'm like, this is the sign, just do it. Took the time off of work, went in end of January and um, did my mammogram. And um, then... Um, was it one of the 3D? It's always been 3D. Yeah, okay. it started to be 3D after. Okay. I think my first 3D was in 2014. Okay. Then in 2015, did the 3D, and then um, did my appointment like on a Thursday or Friday, and then I get a phone call on Tuesday, and they're like, we need you to come back in for um, an ultrasound um, at the breast clinic, and I'm like, okay, I did this before, that's cool, but then she says, but you need to schedule a little additional time. I'm like, oh, okay. So she hangs up the phone and I literally do a breast exam because I was like, I've never been told to schedule additional time. So Your little antenna were Oh, yeah, my antenna was just like, all right, radar, Mm -hmm. something could be wrong. That little niggle. mm -hmm, It was was really, 
um, shocking, mm-hmm. like a little scary. Mm-hmm. So I did my breast exam. I did it standing up, didn't feel anything. I laid on the floor and I pressed really hard on both my breasts and I felt something and I was like, oh crap, wow. this is not good. And so I'm like, okay, um, just we'll see what happens. I just gotta move forward. I end up. But going. it's interesting that you actually found your own lump. Yeah. And I wanna I wanna point this out to our listeners because Kelly and Leanne and I were talking about this prior to. Um, a lot of times back in the day, we were taught in the shower do your breast exam and you're standing up. And then Kelly even said, while laying down, you know, even when you go to the doctors, you're laying on the bed and they're feeling. And it's interesting that you actually laid on the floor. Mm-hmm. So um, Kelly's advice was not just standing, but laying. And then you're, that's living proof yes. that you can feel things absolutely. differently. So yep. making sure that we're doing our due diligence. Yes, absolutely. And I think, I think that kind of went through my mind. Like I do lay down when I do a breast exam at the doctor's office. And after we talked about them, like, I know that that was why I laid on the floor. Mm-hmm. I pressed super hard. And I, as I called it, doing a lady walk around your breast, and um, I felt it. And then I went to um, do a um, cycling class with my girlfriend, and I'm like, Amy, oh my gosh, I think I found this lump. And she's like so positive. She's like, oh, Leanne, you're fine. People always have stuff. I'm like, no, really. She's like, well, when do you go back? And I told her the whole story. And came home, told my husband, and just kept, kept it to myself, just between my husband and I, and just took a deep breath. And just waited to the appointment and then went to the appointment took the whole day off of work and um, they did the like I don't even know if it was a 3d but this huge machine mammogram that you literally had to climb into right mm-hmm. and um, it was kind of if anyone's done it before you literally have to be a contortionist to get into it <laughs> it was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. but you know that that's what needed to be done so then they did that I went back to the little room again and waited and um, with the gown, like where I was years ago with all the other women. And when you were saying, oh, it was just the lumpy breast mm-hmm. at that time, mm-hmm. and you got to go home. This time, it was a little bit different. It was way different. So mm-hmm. then I waited, and they said, what we need to do, get dressed. We need to come back in a few hours. And I'm like, okay. So I killed a few hours, came back, and that's when they did the ultrasound. And in my mind, I knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. I... I'd already been crying in my car. <laughs> like, I knew it. What's well, the scariest of scary? It was the scariest because you just, that unknown. I was just going to say, the unknown. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we people out there that haven't experienced breast cancer can certainly relate by our pandemic with the unknown. We're all in this anxiety-provoking state, mm-hmm. let alone your own health, knowing, okay, there is something wrong. What does it look like? Yeah, exactly. And what am I going to have to do? Mm-hmm. And what am I going to have to do? And that and, is, that's the next, yeah. uh, what was your treatment regimen and where did that start? Well, so um, I did the ultrasound and when she was doing it, you know, they um, also took a biopsy and that's all the things they have to do. And in that time, I'm sobbing because I know something's wrong. And she's like, um, it's okay to get deep breath. The women were there were fantastic. But then I go, you know what, I'm, I just need to know. You just got to tell me. She's like, well, I can't tell you officially, but something is there. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. Which and only I, reinforced the fact that you'd already felt it yourself. Yes, exactly. And um, then that moment, again, the fear, the scaredness, I got back into the room to change my clothes. And I literally, literally sat in the corner of the room and I sobbed and I cried and then cried. So were you by yourself? By your husband myself. hadn't gone and mm-hmm. your friend had I, no friends. Mm-hmm. It was just well, you. Well, you can't, you know, in those situations, in those rooms, no one's in there with you. Right, right. And the nurse came in and she's like, it's all going to be okay. 
um, you're here. That's the best part. You're here. We're going to figure this out. So that's basically how it all started. And then um, they made all my appointments for me the following week, met with the surgeon first. And um, we're like, why do you meet the surgeon? But then, you know, that's this part of the protocol. And, um, and then with him, he's like, well, you need to start making your appointments. Um, you know, who do you want to use as your oncologist? And so um, one of our really good friends that um, I have known from our synagogue, um, our kids went to um, religious school together, um, Dr. Eric Weinshell. I called his wife and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have breast cancer. Do you think Eric would take me as a parent? As a patient, at least you had a friend, like oh, somebody, a doctor says to you, "Who do you want to be your oncologist?" Well, heck, I don't know. I know. I mean, at least you had that yes support, it's, even I'm in the doctor. You, it was, it was really assuring to know that I had somebody who I could call. Mm -hmm. Not like you said, not everybody has a call. And seriously, his op, he called me um, within like 24 hours. Like, yep, I'll do it. I'll have my office start making your appointments. And I'll tell you, that was the grace of God for mm -hmm. me. And I know a lot of women don't get that. And I tell you, that was probably um, probably the most emotional part because I know other friends who have gone through this had to wait a week mm -hmm. or two weeks to get the process going. And mm -hmm. literally, my process was going that by the end of the week. I was and scheduled. The, and that, again, puts you in that lit those people who have to wait, that mm -hmm. limbo, when that unknown, that anxiety. Mm -hmm. So at least you had... Your road, your path was defined quickly. Yes. And it was very quickly. And I didn't, and then, but in the back of my head, it's like, why is this going so quickly? What's, mm -hmm. what's going on? Because again, they have to do all these tests to make sure um, they know what they're looking at, right? Mm -hmm. The MRI and the CAT scan, um, all that was scheduled. And then, um, but it was fast. I mean, it was fast compared to most people. Mm -hmm. And then um, that following week, I met with Eric again. I, again, met with him in the office, and he's like, yep, you have breast cancer. Mm -hmm. um, it's HER2 positive. The good thing is you're not going to die. Mm -hmm. It's going to suck, but you're not going to die. Mm -hmm. That's and some straightforward talk. Very straightforward. And then the same breath, then he's like, and you will lose your hair in 18 days. Wow. And I was like, okay. And so you take that deep breath. Now we have the plan, and then... Another thing scheduled is getting the port put in, scheduling my first chemo. And that's basically how it all started. It was a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind. So how many um, chemo treatments did you end up having? So my treatments were every three weeks. And um, it started on um, January or February um, 16th through June 5th. So, so four months, yeah, every three four weeks months, for every four three months. months. Yeah. Now, did you have radiation as well? I did not because the um, tumor was in one spot. And it no, was not, not in the, the limbs. Limb okay. It was all one. So thankful for that. Um, so how was your, your life during this four month of every three weeks? What did that look like? Who was your support network? Kind of talk us through that. Yeah. Um, so um, my support network, first and foremost, my husband and my family. Um, my husband was my rock. Bill's an awesome guy. Bill is an awesome guy. <laughs> he, we had every emotion together. Mm -hmm. You know, we laughed, we cried, we planned. Um, just he was always there, and he was just amazing. Always looking forward, to, like when this is done, this is what we're gonna do. Mm -hmm. You know, we're gonna we're gonna beat this, and you're gonna be just fine. So that was great. Um, so. My, my mom, my sister, my kids, you know, everybody was great. Um, support in my neighbor, my neighbors, the whole community of Shakopee. Um, 
you know, our synagogue, always got phone calls from them. Just amazing um, community that I lived in. Set up a Caring Bridge, and that was where what I... What is a Caring Bridge? Explain so caring, that to our listeners. Um, caring Bridge is a site, and I don't know if it's just regional. I'm sure it's national, but um, where you can, um, if, you, if you have a sickness of any sort or trauma of any sort, a lot of times people put information in, and you as a outsider of the situation can follow them so you can find out what they're what's going on in their lives again it's usually used for situations that people are, are sharing information about something that happened in their lives but caring bridge also had like a meal planning mm-hmm. and then people could donate to them if you want to you know give money back to caring bridge and then they also are able to write notes back to you mm-hmm. so, so it's, so really it's like a built-in support network yes for whoever would want to wants to follow you mm-hmm. yeah so how, how did your life change? You, you said originally that you were working at this new job and you were saving vacation for mm-hmm. a trip. So how did all of that play out? <laughs> well, I uh, didn't go to Italy, so mm-hmm. that's a bummer. That's still on the bucket list. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had to quit my job, which is really sad. I really enjoyed the people that I worked with. And, um, you know, you just did this. I mean, I was very fortunate enough that I could quit my job and just focus on my getting better getting health. and getting healthy. Wow. So that's that was pretty lucky um, for me. Um, so life, you know, really, you know, you had your treatment day one, and um, I met a wonderful woman named Betty, um, who we did our chemo treatments together, and she was fantastic. We saw each other every three weeks, and we called each other also on our bad days when things were happening just mm-hmm. to support each other and um, my friends can be with me during my treatments that mm-hmm. was awesome mm-hmm. and then I was good day one and two day three kind of ramped up I was not, not feeling good and literally day four to day six seven were ramping up I would always say was like climbing this mountain to the worst thing in the top <laughs> you know just going up 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 and at the top you just like knew it was gonna be bad so um, those days are the days that I took my medicine, um, and I basically slept the time away. I didn't, didn't do anything, mm-hmm. you know. You were letting your body. I just had to let it heal. Just mm-hmm. let it heal. So my girlfriend called me Sleeping Beauty because I <laughs> slept it away. Um, you know, people would text me or visit me, and so people would come and take me for walks. Um, and so, um, but those days I. I just could not be with anybody. I just had to be by myself. I was going to say, how were you psychologically, emotionally? Were you down? Were you, did you, I mean, or did you go the whole gamut of grief? Because we talked about the stages of grief, and when you're in the throes of something like Mm -hmm. this, you're going through all of that. You know, at first, like, you're like, okay, I got this. Yep, I got this. This is going to be good. I'm going to be, I picked out three words, positive, strong, resilient. So I used those words the whole time through to get me through. So positive, Gotta stay positive because if you don't, it's gonna beat you. And I was not gonna let cancer beat me mentally at all because I was stronger than that. Um, but I did have days that I sat in my brown chair, looked out the window, and I cried and I mm-hmm. sobbed. And you know, that's just normal, right? Well, it's it's exactly what I said. You're, you're the stages of grief. You've got the bargaining. Mm-hmm. You've got the denial. You've got the anger. You got the depression. You've got the acceptance. And there's no linear thought here. It's all over the place. So right. one day you're sad. You're crying. Yeah. You, you could be angry. You could be avoidant. Yeah. You know. So yeah. all of that. Exactly. And stages of grief of the life that you thought you were going to have for that year. Well, you know that everyone else is living normally, and here right. I am sitting in a chair. 
you know, watching a lot of reality TV. I won't even tell you what I watched. <laughs> I slept through a lot of it, so. Um, but, um, yeah, that's pretty funny. But I would, um, I would literally just sit there and just have this wave of emotion. And mm-hmm. my husband and I actually talked about depression because I did have a little bit of depression um, in my past. And I basically just said to him, I go, when I tell you that if I feel depressed... Um, you can't just like blow it off. You can't just say, oh, you're going to be fine. We need to like get me some help and figure out what I need to do. But I never had, I didn't have any depression. So I was really lucky for that. But I love that because you're utilizing the support network with your husband, but you're also being proactive in your help. If this happens, then this is what I need to do. That I I might need additional support or additional help. Um, Did you learn anything about yourself on this journey? Yeah, um, probably that I was way stronger than I thought I was mm-hmm. that I could tackle anything like anything can hit me grab me do anything in my life and I know I'll be okay it's with interesting the right people yeah just talking to other survivors that seems to be the um the, yeah the theme is if I can get through this you know there's nothing that scares me yeah nothing mm-hmm. yeah I can do anything yeah and even being alone through COVID you know, I was alone during those horrible days. I don't have those horrible days. Mm-hmm. Those are the past, mm-hmm. you know. And so I just like myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> enjoy enjoy being by myself on a better life um, path, a healthier right. life path, I right. should say. So what what was the culmination of you, you had your, you, you didn't have radiation, but you had chemo. So what about mastectomies, yeah. double, single? Yeah. So um, that was a lot of conversation that we had with... Um, my husband and I, I just knew for myself, which is my choice, was I did not want this to happen on the other side. I just wanted to be one and done. Um, just one and done. Let's get this done. So I did have a double mastectomy. Um, that was probably harder on some days um, than the actual cancer um, in the sense of um, just the healing um, Psychologically, the loss, or the loss, the, loss, the, loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the they're not mis, they're misshaped a little bit, you know. And I have to look at the scars every day, you know. I, I I look at those scars. Sometimes I get sad, but then you're like, okay, what are you gonna do? There's kind of like my battle wounds. So yeah. And yeah. and then you know Michelle talked about this, and it's different for again. This journey is different for every woman. The treatment is different for every woman. Did you have the nipple saving? Um, or did you rebuild? No, I did not do that. I, I didn't want them to be pointing the wrong way. <laughs> so I chose not to. Okay. So, yeah. 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 And again, every woman has their and own. And it's all different. And some, some of them can't even be saved. And so mm-hmm. there's, that's not even an option. So, yeah. 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 Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Well, before? I was, as you were talking and talking about your strength, as a nurse, point of view, taking care of patients that I would see, you know, infusing chemo and and sitting there discussing, you know, the whole process with them. It amazed me as a nurse, the strength of a cancer patient and the survivor mode and that fight that comes with that. And, you know, you would go to work and have your own baggage and your own problems everyday life. But then all of a sudden, they became very minor and minimal compared to what mm-hmm. your patients were dealing with. And, and it, was, it was a real growth for me as a nurse to see that in you know, the cancer patients that I took care of. Mm-hmm. So I saw a lot of that, that strength that people had. And 
prioritizing. You know, you're saying when you're, when you're dealing with life or death, it does make everything else kind of. In, in you know, we all have issues, but that is the biggest issue: your health. You know, Absolutely. we take it for granted yeah. so many times, and yet mm-hmm. that is our biggest issue. As we say, your health is your wealth. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's yeah. Right. So, um, how's your life changed after? Okay, after your recovery, mm-hmm. you had your double mastectomy, and then where did it go from there? Um, really, what I think what really went through this process is. Um, a lot of people would call me and say, hey, my friend um, had breast cancer or just found out they had breast cancer. Could you call them? Um, so a lot of times I would just call people that gave me their numbers if they wanted to be talked to. Some people did not want to talk. Um, some people were still very angry and they just wanted to have to deal with themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, if you have any questions, you want to call somebody, cry to somebody, laugh with somebody, just ask questions. I mean, we're all going through it differently. Um, you know, I had people just randomly saying, hey, my friend or my cousin or my whatever woman person, <laughs> you know, um, but I would I would reach out to them. So was that yeah. hard? No, it was actually really easy because I think it put people at ease that they weren't alone. Mm-hmm. And basically you just tell people it's going to suck, but you're going to be OK. And one of my support people, my friend Lori, she had the same kind of cancer and how many times did I call her in tears? Like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. I just can't do this anymore. And she would say, Leanne, you're going to be fine. Just know in a few months, it'll be over. It will be over. And I had to keep that in my mind, like, that that's kind of looking forward. And so that's what I would tell people, like, yeah, this sucks. Mm-hmm. This is the hardest thing you're ever going to do. Affirming others yeah. to say, yeah, you can say this yeah, sucks because it, it does. it totally does. We're not and, sugarcoating it. Yeah, and you're, it's hard. This is so hard. Mm-hmm. But no, you're going to count down and it's going to get better. You're just going to get better. And I guarantee you're going to get better because that's what someone told me and I will tell you that. And, you know, you just pray that that's the right thing that you say to somebody to keep them positive through the whole their whole experience and you know you had touched on too is everyone is different so your how you dealt with it or feelings and maybe talked to people other people they don't they don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable and I don't know we kind of discussed that earlier that there's really no right or wrong it's based on that individual and how they and what's gonna that. get you through exactly you know yeah. if putting your head down and, and and just focusing on internalizing is, is is something that's gonna work for one person another person might need to shout to the rooftops and yeah. say you know from the rooftops and say hey you know you know this is going on I need help or help me yeah and was it hard to ask for help I forget if we talked um, about no that. um well a couple things I had a friend that wrote me a letter and said that you have to ask for help Mm-hmm. Um, and then another friend said, um, just say thank you and be gracious. Mm-hmm. And so those were the two things that I did. Good it is. Yeah. And I want our listeners to hear that because us women, whether it's breast cancer or having kids being a stay at home mom or a single mom, or it doesn't matter what the issue is. There is nothing wrong or weak with asking for help. Mm-hmm. You know, when, if when somebody says, do you need anything? Yes. Say what you need. You know, that's using your voice and advocating for yourself and people want to help. I mean, it gives the, it gives people who love you an opportunity to do something people want because to, we want people to help to. our, our loved ones who are going through stuff. You know, it's, it's to sit back and do nothing. It makes the loved ones feel helpless. So mm-hmm. if, if making a pot roast 
or putting a food train together or sitting and holding hands or giving a hand massage, which I did that with my friend Cindy, um, while watching a, a movie, whatever works, it, it, and be open to asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, women are you know, we're nurturers, and so we're the ones that think we got to do all that for yeah. everybody else. But yet, when it's us and it's our turn, we need to say, Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so that's those important. Are, that was probably the two biggest things. I, I just have to say, because one of the things you said was climbing the mountain to the worst when you're going through the days of, after chemo um, was the worst thing to get to the top. But I got I want our listeners to hear this is such an interesting segue to what you did after. Um, tell us about your mountain. Yeah. Um, so I always use the mountain as my, my analogy. Um, so the year before, before I found out cancer, we were visiting my friend Francie in Colorado and we were just talking about mountain climbing and she's like, oh, we should climb a 14. I'm like, yay, we should do that without knowing what that really means. <laughs> and so, um, through my treatments, um, I had, uh, I've been talking to her and I said, Francie, we're going to climb a 14 or when I'm done again, I have no idea what that looks like, but we're going to do it. So, um, round up some really great people in my life. And the following year, um, we went to um, Colorado and um, climbed on Quandry Peak. What was it? Mount Quandry Quandry Peak is right outside Mm. of Breckenridge. Mm. And um, it was really, really amazing. And, you know, I'm planning this with my friends and I'm super nervous because I had no idea what we're to expect. But we did it and it was fantastic. And... um, how, long, how far out was that from your final treatment? So um, that was June. Oh, I, I think I planned this like in the middle of my cancer. I'm like, we are doing this. Well, um, part of it too was my health was not very good towards the end. My liver numbers were down. My hemoglobin was low. As a result of all the mm-hmm. chemo. All the chemo. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, my heart was not pumping hard enough to get my blood going. And so my doctor wanted me to be put on some beta blockers. And I said, no, I'm going to wait till I heal. And so all my numbers came out clear. So, you know, climbing that mountain, um, I showed you the pictures Mm -hmm. up up it and climbing through the snow fields and almost at the peak of the top, I am bawling. And you can hear your heart pounding through your ears because you're at, you know, you're at 14,000 feet as you're continuing, continuing up and, I'm crying and crying because I could hear my heart that's totally as healed and it was pretty emotional. It was just pretty yeah. <laughs> You're it, crying. Was, it was so my awesome. The and there were my and there were my friends on top and they told everybody up there my you know, basic of my story, my thing, and get up there with these strangers who also had climbed this mountain and um and they cheered for me and it was really, really amazing. Remarkable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was awesome. So wow. that was my mountain climb. So, so that was literally. the the, the literal. literal mountain climb yes. after your figurative yes. you know, mountain climb of yeah. the, the cancer and the yeah. treatment and the journey to health. And, yeah. and again, I want the, our listeners to hear that you did advocate for your own health again when, when the doctor said, I want to put you on beta blockers. And you said, kind of, I want to hold off on that. Because again, we have to say what we need and what we think and at least voice our opinions mm-hmm. because sometimes we just hold back. That was you advocating yeah. for yourself. Yeah. And I, Michelle did that as well, yeah. just advocating for ourselves. Yeah. Like, just don't give me medicine when I know I'm going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, just give me give me three months. And so I went back yeah. in and every all, everything was like, all my numbers were perfect. Right. And so, so you knew you better than yeah. somebody just yeah. outside sometimes. Yeah, and again, it comes down to 
uh, my health was really good starting. Mm-hmm. So I had no pre con- no other conditions before all this. Mm-hmm. So I felt confident, and I can't say that for other people. You have to know what your right. body and what your health conditions are. Right. And I go back to where I met you was at Orange Theory, which is a kick ass workout. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, obviously your your body is trained and can handle you know some intense workouts, yes. and and that's something that's kept you kind of on path. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about your little guys here. I want yeah. you to talk about this because this was kind of another symbolic thing yeah. for you because um, you know some people hear negative things about chemo or whatever and I want you to explain how you wrapped your head around it because it's also a very positive yeah thing. Um, so as I said I had my three words positive strong resilient and I wanted to keep everything really in front of me um, knowing that this is I'm gonna be fine I was gonna say strong mentally and physically and resilient and I'm gonna come back so we talked about the mountain climbing I came back and then the um, the strong was um, mentally and physically. Um, the physical part was the chemo, and the chemo was really kicked butt because it was the hardest thing I ever did, right? Um, and sometimes people think of chemo as a horrible thing, and I said, well, I'm thinking of my chemo as my scrubbing bubbles. And so um, that's what I use. I, I got um, my scrubbing bubbles. My um, girlfriend wrote the company, um, and they sent her, um, or they told her that they were sending me um, scrubbing bubbles. They wrote me a note saying that they are here to help me get through my chemo. And I have another one that a friend gave to me that she must have gotten at a Twins game. So I have three scrubbing bubbles um, here with us. And um, I look at them every day. As well. I look at them every day and know they helped me get through that chemo that was like the worst thing. But they're really cute. So that's mm-hmm. what helped me get through. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really a positive, <laughs> a positive way to look at yeah. it, you know, cause it, it, like you said, your liver numbers were down, things were down, but you're, they were doing what they needed to they do needed to get you to, to where you could bring yourself back. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I've seen people do meditation. I've seen people use the, you know, the stress balls. I've seen them, you know, listen to music and, you know, just do a, a, a number of things to get their, you know, minds through the whole chemo and, um, you know, their tiredness. And so I think that's yeah. pretty cool. There's, and there's a lot of great um, resources now, like yoga. Mm-hmm. You do, Absolutely. you know, you can still live. Mm-hmm. It's just how your body reacts and how much healing right. you need to do to take care of yourself. Like that self-care. Right. And going back to what your doctor friend, your friend mm-hmm. Chris? Um, for Eric. Was, Eric. Yes. Weinchel. When he said... Um, you're not going to die. That's the good news. Mm-hmm. The bad news is it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and you know, that kind of came to fruition. You went through all of those things and then you got to the other end. When you look back, you know, is it, can you remember all those hard feelings and the pain or is it dull like having a child? I mean, um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, I can remember it all. And okay. um, it's not that I don't want to re- go back there, but if I do think about it and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. And then that's probably the emotional part yeah. of, of, Again, knowing you're stronger, yeah, way stronger and, and than then, you thought. And the flip side of that, then I can think about the people that came over and sat on my couch and I was not feeling well. And I just, I mean, I don't know what they talked about to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they talked to me. Or and it didn't matter what they talked matter. about. It didn't matter. It was the presence. Went, yeah, and went for a walk. So people just stopped by. I mean, those are the things I, I remember more. I mean, I remember the bad, but those are the things I want to remember, the good things of people who came out to support me, whether it was a meal or just visiting me or a text or lunch or right. whatever. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So finally, um, well, is there anything else you want to add 
about that before or anything else you want to bring into your story she oh by the way Leanne has an amazing book and again everybody handles things differently but she has a um, scrapbook book that she shared with us that starts from the beginning when she was pre-cancer pre-knowledge of her cancer it goes all the way through to trips and things after and it's a it's an amazing testimony to what you've been through and documenting that again some people maybe don't want to remember it but you're looking at this as i've overcome and this is something i'm mm-hmm. i'm stronger than it mm-hmm. and that book is an amazing yep. testimony to you yep. um so anything else you want to add that i didn't touch on um all i have to tell people is you need to get a mammogram Do and that's be, what my advice my fearful. last question is what <laughs> what is your advice for someone who's going through this battle or for even for advice for healthy women and that's the advice get a mammogram get a mammogram Program, um, do it every year. Demand it. Make sure. Make sure. I, I don't know what the health care is here, but I think most places in Minnesota do 3D. Yeah, I mean, where I when I started um, at where I go to the atrium here in Jackson, originally it was the traditional, and then the, and you'd have to pay extra because insurance. Mm-hmm. But now insurance companies cover that, and I get two a year because of my own breast cancer scare. Um, so now it's generally, I think. 3D is pretty normal, yeah. and insurance companies yeah. cover it. And they have, I don't know, I'm sure they do too, but they have like the, the bus that goes into parking lots and it says yeah. mammograms for free. Yeah. You know, you can sign up. I know a couple of my friends make dates with their friends to go to that. Um, so, yes, it's so important. You got to take care of your health. You got to take care of yourself. You got to go to the doctor. You got to check. You got to be in tune with your body. Right. You do. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally know your body. And that was one of the other things we talked about that Rochelle brought up that then um, Kelly mentioned is that it used to be, you know, self, self breast exams were um, suggested every month, you know, after, right after your period, you know, have your self breast exam. And then they've kind of backed off with that. But then, you know, what we discussed again before we started our, our podcast chat here is that know your body. Right. Be aware. No, no, notice differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's certainly not going to hurt to do, you know, breast exams. That's for sure. Even though some people don't say to do them mm-hmm. like they used to, I think it's a good thing. And and knowing your body is important because then you know you'll be aware of any changes right. that you might either see in the mirror or, because you know, I think we've all we all had found the lump by doing self mm-hmm. self exams. So. Yeah, I think doing them and just knowing your body, like you said, is important. Right. And that's basically doing our own baseline, mm-hmm. you know, our exactly. baseline self-exams mm-hmm. versus our baseline mammogram, which, you know, again, another important piece that I'll, I'll end with here again is is advocating for our own healthcare and our own needs and what's best for us and, and being vocal and assertive and sharing what we need and what we want whether it's from the doctors or opinions or from friends when you say you need something, you know, to ask. Um, you know, and, and with this too is from a nursing point of view, I've seen, I've been with a physician who's talking to a patient and this is a lot of information getting thrown at you. And so your head is swirling and you're hearing bits and pieces and then you go home and you're like, okay, now I have, you know, 2,000 questions, mm-hmm. right for, for people, write, yeah, it, write down. it down, yeah. and and if you need to call or you need to schedule another appointment, say, hey, I have questions, I have concerns. Mm-hmm. You do that. Be your own advocate, mm-hmm. and um, because it is, it's a lot mm-hmm. in your head. And actually, to that point, um, someone had mentioned to us, like for my first appointments, is use since we all have phones. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to these appointments, whether it's for yourself or for some, you know, by yourself or with somebody else. Record it. Yes. Oh, that's important. Mm-hmm. That's 
And I was going to say, and or, you know, when you have go to those appointments. I mean, I remember when my mom, she didn't have breast cancer, but she died of a, a, a rare liver cancer. But I remember going with her to the doctor because when you're hearing hard information, sometimes you're not hearing it wholly, like you're saying, either record it or have a friend or family member or loved one go with you so that you get the, you know, more you're ears. Not, you're not listening. You're not yes. processing. You're, yeah, you're not processing. You've just heard the cancer word. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and that's where so, it stops, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So... Yeah. So appreciate you yeah, sharing really your story great. and I hope that, you know, someone out there can gain something. And if you have any questions, you know, reach out to us. Um, we'll direct you in the right way because obviously I'm not a doctor, um, but we would, you know, direct you or refer you or make recommendations. But if you have questions or you have anything for Leanne or even Michelle um, or Rochelle or, or Kelly, you know, um, we would love for you to, you know, private message us. Um, I'm going to put some pictures of um, Leanne and her scrubbing bubbles and, and put some stuff out there. And she's made some really um, wonderful points so that our listeners can continue to um, to learn from what we have to offer. Mm-hmm. So um, anything else that you want no, to say? I, this has been really great. I'm glad to be able to share. And again, like if you can help one person right. who can save their life by taking up doing their mammogram, right. that's, then we know we did our job. And hopefully we can save more people. Right. Well, thank you, Leanne, yeah, so much. You. And thank you, Kelly, for being our, our guest host today. That was awesome. nice. And we miss Lauren, and um, hopefully she'll be back soon. And we can, uh, we'll, we'll be doing our Mimosa Monday at the end of the month kind of wrapping up from all the things that we've discussed this month. And then next month, we're bringing on um, some of our cheeky girl boss uh, ladies who are women in business that we're going to do some interviews with some ladies and and how they got through um, overcoming obstacles and mentors and what they did to get where they're at and advice they may have. So that's coming up uh, next month in the month of November. So as always, stay cheeky.